You're listening to UX Podcast, a monthly podcast from Stockholm, Sweden, with James Royal Lawson and Per Axel, moving the conversation beyond UX. Welcome to um, part two of the UX Podcast with me, James Royal Lawson, and me, Per Axel. This part, we're well, we've called it the Darwinism of Searching. Um, we're we're going to talk about our ideas a little bit about how what can we do with search? How can we solve search? Mm. Because it's not working properly, really. Exactly. And what we've talked about is, of course, what a lot of people are talking about online now is connecting people and making people talk to each other. And I think I had uh, an excellent example from uh, the Circle Change when I had Jonas Söderström. Uh, he's the author of Jävla system, which is basically bloody crap system. Uh, oh, this, this was a conference in Stockholm um, a couple of weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah. All right. uh, really, I can really recommend it. Uh, I was well, half in English, half in Swedish. But his point was he had interviewed a lot of people at an enterprise and, and he found that everybody was coming back to naming a person. That person is an expert in this field and that person is an expert in that field. They basically ask questions and they ask those questions perhaps digi- uh, digitally, but it's always one person who's the curator of information for some subject area and that's the person you want to reach. And you have, want to give the, that person the tools to answer questions. So it's a human search engine, basically. It's social search. It's social search. Um, which, which you know, Google's trying really hard to, to, to provide that social search solution now by using your friend circle. Mm-hmm. And we see that, I mentioned that in the, earlier, that you know, we see, because we use the Twitters, mm-hmm. a Twitter, um, results coming really high up in our search results, but most normal people aren't, haven't really got that publicly visible um, social network. And it's Facebook and it's a lot more closed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, Google's going to fail them from a social uh, point of view, right? Um, but um, I think I think the social social search is a solution also to the enterprise search internally. I'm going to jump straight into the internal yeah. aspect of things because what we've seen with um, with Twitter is how you have the the crest of the wave concept that relevant information and the latest information bubbles up to the surface, it's, it's going to be spread now, real-time way. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the same solution, or the same solution will, will help enterprises. And if you have status updates and the ability to share small snippets of information and have conversations based on them, then you don't need to worry as much about the enterprise search solution, finding things in a search engine, mm. because you follow the human pattern better. That um, I would normally, in an office, go, all oh, right, uh, does anyone know where the um, uh, social media policy is? And or, or, or you know, Per, do you know where it is? I'd ask the person who I expect to know, yeah. and you'd answer me. So yeah, it's it's in that folder. Or, or I'll email you it. Yeah. And I would not only answer you; I would actually give you some contextual information. I, I used it, and I found this part difficult. Or uh, talk to Lisa because she used it the other week, and she had some really good ideas yeah. for implementing. Or talk to Caroline yeah. because she's working on um, on version two. Exactly. So you get contextual information based on your query yeah. that you would not get from an automated system. Exactly. So so buying a status update, then you're following the more human way of of finding answers. Mm. And you write a status update. Where's where's social media policy? And then anyone who knows where it is will tell me. I don't need to to know which departmental website it is on the internet or which silo it's under. Mm. Um, you know, I can I just get that delivered to me. And exactly. we're, we're seeing this too. Um, you mentioned this morning about your Yammer server you did. Yeah. And one thing you asked there was about do people use it to as an search Because I've always thought that people would use their, the, these types of networks to actually search for questions they've asked before and search for, for stuff that other people have asked. Which but is actually exactly what Google's doing now with yeah. social search, providing you with the links you previously exactly. shared. Exactly, and that's not what, what, I, what this, the human behavior naturally. I'm asking somebody again, 
Yeah. And I've heard other people talk about that in Facebook groups as well. You don't get people searching for previous responses, you get people asking the same question again, exactly. and you have to answer them again. Because that's mm -hmm. the natural human thing to do. Right. Um, so Google, you may argue, is doing the right thing by providing you the same answer again, because you're asking <laughs> the same question again. Right. But it's mm -hmm. flat. There's no conversation yeah. around it. Mm -hmm. you but that's becoming, that's becoming more like, uh, like we were talking about before, a desktop search where I search for my own content, my own documents, my own Gmail stuff. and. It's not so much a search engine for finding new content. So the, the basic premise of what Google is has actually changed over the years. Mm. And I, we, we, we need to get into a bit of a specialized search too here. So we, we, what we're seeing, what I'm seeing now is this year's kind of black, I suppose, in, in many ways, is T-shaped people. Mm. Um, that we're, we're seeing lots of um, articles and, and business people and things talk about the need for T-shaped people. That's where you know you've got a broad knowledge and then a specialised area. So the, the bar of the T is the broadness of your, your overall knowledge, and then you've got a, the, the downward vertical of the of the T is your is your deep specialist knowledge. Uh, and this this applies for searching and social searching. That um, you, know, you you may be able to be very good at finding things within your specialist area or spreading those things um, and making connecting other people to that rather than having one general search engine that delivers everything. Mm. Um, we, that's why we get into the Darwinism. <laughs> the <searches laughs> that we're going forward, that we, we've evolved into people who are very good at searching and maybe who are not. We can't expect everyone to, to, to be search experts, search experts at mm. searching. Mm. Uh, me and you are actually really good at searching, I think. Um, one advantage here in Sweden is, of course, being an English speaker, then I can search English things a little bit better than Swedish people. Right, can. exactly. Um, but nevertheless, it's, it's, a, it's a very specific skill. Um, and we need to be able to transfer that skill to others. So I, I need to search for things, find things, and then pass it on to others. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, one of the points being that, I mean, search engines are not dead in any sense, but the number of people using search engines will change drastically, I think. The people will start asking the people who know how to search. The people will become content curators, if you will, more like the librarians of the future. The people who have the information know how to search for the information uh, and can provide it in, a, in a sensible way, in a communicative way. But I, um, I think, too, that um, you mentioned um, the idea of, well, how we have closed social circles and, and that um, with the way social search is rolling out, mm. that if you want to be innovative and um, you know, keeping thinking of new ideas, then you need to keep expanding your social network, or rather keep rolling it. Mm. Um, one one example that I've got there is, um, now I, I use Facebook. I think Facebook. Is, I love and hate Facebook. Um, but one good thing it does for me is it allows me to keep in contact with all my colleagues and friends that I had in England. Uh, up to when I moved to Sweden at the end of at the start of the of 2000, um, and that they, they then take up a chunk of my social network. As a human, you can only have 100, 100 plus um, active, strong social ties at once. Um, so I, I'm kind of tidying my history even more right. because of Facebook, rather than going forward and yeah. being more interested. That's fine for me on Facebook because of how I use Facebook, and I use then Twitter to give me the, the new input of people. But because you have this limitation of the number of people you can be exposed to and be strongly tied to, then you do need to think maybe, some people anyway, if you are a specialist searcher and or you want to be interested, about keeping it rolling, keeping your network. Keeping it rolling forward. and then perhaps 
sometimes abandoning, of course, then Google as your main search engine mm. and turning into the long tail of search engines, which would be the ones that we're actually looking into, uh, we were talking about before, uh, like a search engine like PSECT, which is like price comparison site that you use a lot. Yeah, very, very popular price yeah. comparison site. Yeah, Another niche site, I mean, some, sometimes you search in Google, but really what you want is Wikipedia, and you go, or sometimes you go to Wikipedia for your search results. You go to YouTube, you go to Amazon. I use Amazon to search for books and reviews, but I don't buy them there. I just use the search engine for getting information about books. I mean, you're, you're right. You're, the, the, your first, your initial touch point um, as a customer, or as a, as a um, well, when you come into contact with a brand, is almost always a search engine these days. Mm. It feels like anywhere. Then where it might not be Google always now, because like I said. I start with price um, price mm -hmm. hunt, um, price act. Mm -hmm. Whenever I look for a consumer electronic product, right? Um, and I start, you know, Amazon. I start there sometimes with certain things. I don't always start with Google. Exactly. I start with Wikipedia, like you yeah. said. Um, but search is still very important first mm. touch point. It is, and we have to move on there. Uh, that's the end of uh, part two of this episode, and we're moving on to part three. Don't be evil. You've been listening to part two of this UX podcast episode with freelance consultants James Morrell Lawson and Paraxical. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit uxpodcast.com. <laughs>